You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Boss with Users Group radio show for Monday, the 7th of June 2021. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Boss with Users Group radio. We're a weekly program uh, coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia, about cycling, walking, possibly, sustainable transport, active transport, um, all things to do with cycling and predominantly kind of advocacy and things to do with riding bikes. And on today's show, I'm going to be talking to Sarah Stace about her recent roles Uh, New South Wales and their active transport rapid response to COVID-19, pop-up bike lanes, and the uh, New South Wales Streets as Shared Space program. So if you were listening to my show about a fortnight ago and I was feeling a bit dour about what's happening in Victoria, uh, put your your ears on and listen to what Sarah um, has to say about how they're handling things in New South Wales. And also there's some um, federal stuff as well. On to a brief bit of news and events. That's something that uh, is of great interest if you're uh, up in the uh, north-east part of Yarra, around the uh, Elfington area, you will probably be aware of Old Heidelberg Road. And it's a little section of Old Heidelberg Road. And at the moment, City of Yarra have got a consultation out on that at Your Say Yarra that's all one word, .com.au. And they're looking at public access to Old Heidelberg Road. And there's a fair bit of information there when you go to it, that link, and um, asks you about your connection to the area. Do you go to the grammar school there or your children go there? Uh, do you live in a nearby suburb? Uh, do I live in Elfington? Do I work or own a business nearby? I'd rather specify. Now, it's an interesting little um, bit of land because currently the eastern section of Old Heidelberg Road is used exclusively by Elfington Grammar School, which has erected gates and does not allow the public to pass through and access Derebin Creek. Now, why this is important? The Derebin uh, Creek link, which has been... Uh, in various permutations of development for a long time, and I believe they're looking, there may be an option to look at different alignments. So at the moment, Yarra Council resolved last year to consult with the community and review how this land is used, in particular the need for public access to the eastern portion of Old Heidelberg Road. And this includes where this section of Old Heidelberg Road should remain open and accessible to public or should it uh, remain closed in completely. Now, the consultation for this closes this uh, week on Sunday, the 13th of June. Now, there's some other bits and pieces I'll put into the podcast, and there was some really good stuff came up from, or submissions from members of the Derebin Link Community Coalition 
at a recent public question time at the City of Yarra. I'll pop that into the podcast so you can have a look at what they um, say about the area. Uh, you probably have some views on it. Um, kind of, it, it is public land and it should remain public land. And I think, again, uh, it should remain open to consultation of how the public can utilise this. And if there are different options, uh, consultation and negotiation should remain open. Okay, after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Sarah Stace and of great interest of the um, feedback on the Streets with Shared Spaces program and quite a few other things in New South Wales. Three CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June, and this year we're asking you to be part of community-powered radio. It's only with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled, and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference, and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. 3CR Community Powered Radio. about to start a new role in WSP as Director of Cities and I've just finished up a role where I've been working for the last uh, just over two and a half years for the New South Wales State Government as the Associate Director of Walking and Cycling Strategy. I'm also the National Chair of C1, which is Cycling and Walking Australia New Zealand which basically covers, uh, as the title says, cycling and walking across both of those countries. The membership of that is made up of one member from each state and territory government, as well as 14 non-government organisations. And our role is to basically share best practice across Australia and New Zealand for walking and cycling policy and infrastructure. Last 12 months or just on, we've seen initiatives to increase space for health in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, people avoiding public transport, they're choosing walking and cycling as part of their activities. We're you know, in the midst of fourth lockdown down here in Melbourne and people looking for alternatives to the car. What sort of things have you seen in your, you know, to speak to your in your space of uh, initiatives and the like in New South Wales? Sure. So when COVID really started to hit in early 2020, around about March, and it, certainly in Sydney, we started to go into lockdown and had kids um, at home, etc. I noticed that there were cities around the world that were very rapidly starting to respond to create more space for health and more space for people on their streets. And so I did a lot of work in the background within the New South Wales government to try and instigate a rapid response. We really saw this as an opportunity for us to 
create that space for people. People were dusting off their bikes and trying to buy bikes from shops that had run out, uh, um, bike mechanics had run out, etc. So we, um, the very first thing we did actually was Minister Constance, who's the Transport Minister in New South Wales, put up what I believe is the very first posts on social media that said, if you're in the CBD, you do not have to press the pedestrian buttons. They are automated and so you don't need to press them and therefore you didn't need to spread your COVID around. Um, we then also worked rapidly to create a pop-up cycleway program, which I'll come back to in a moment. And then DPI, which is the Department of Planning, within the space of six weeks, just from an idea that a couple of us had late one Saturday night, uh, we set up the Streets as Shared Spaces program, which is a $15 million grants program to councils. I think we ended up funding 67 projects across New South Wales in regional and in Greater Sydney that were directed to councils to put in parklets, close streets to cars and open them up for people to walk and cycle. And then we started installing pop-up cycleways. And since then, across New South Wales, I think we've installed around about 28 kilometres in 10 councils in regional New South Wales. That's across Newcastle, Nowra, Goulburn and Wollongong. And then we've also installed them throughout the City of Sydney area, about uh, eight kilometres in the City of Sydney and into the Inner West and Randwick as well. And of those, um, I think the first one opened about eight eight or nine months ago, and we've since had more than half a million trips made on those pop-up cycleways. We're getting about 15,000 cycling trips a week on just those short little pop-up cycleways that we've created so far. And they employed about 85 staff to do the design and installation. So from an economic stimulus point of view, they've been really great in terms of employing um, additional people. And the payback period, because they're quite cheap to install, the payback period as on the back of an envelope is around about one and a half, certainly less than two years. So that's um, uh, the type of response that we had in, in during COVID and continuing today. That's a pretty incredible turnaround in terms of, um, to use the term bang for your buck, that's pretty amazing figures. And going forward, uh, is it their moves to keep these pop-ups? You know, because we're moving into the vaccination period of of this epidemic but there's something else here i'd like to bring in is also the thing of climate change and public health are people also use do you know if anything like people are using these spaces because of those two things or do you think it's something that could be in people's minds uh so we have done a series of surveys of people who are using those pop-up cycleways and quite a large proportion of them have shifted from either driving uh, as their driving commute to work or they were catching public transport and they're now cycling. The other interesting thing that we've found is that by putting in the pop-up cycleways it means that people aren't riding on the footpath in on very congested footpaths and so we're getting more people walking as well. And in fact, the, the economic benefits of walking and cycling are, are very high. So for cycling, it's around, a, it's over $2.67 per kilometre cycled. Whereas for walking, it's even higher. And um, we're doing some work that hasn't been published yet, but it should be coming out fairly soon that shows that for every kilometre walked, you get over $9 in economic benefits. Now that's some work that we're still working on with the Ministry of Health 
um, and Treasury. And so that's not published yet, but we hope that will be done soon. So just the very fact of getting people out walking um, has benefits. So that, that takes into account things like mental health, cardiovascular, musculoskeletal and other health issues are all bundled into that number. Some people say that e-bikes won't have as much health benefit. Um, that's, that's true to some extent, but people do still get exercise when they're using their e-bikes. And in fact, they tend to, to ride more often and further distances. So overall, they're still getting the health benefits. Uh, so that's very high. You mentioned the environmental benefits. Mm. I'm not aware of what the literature says about uh, whether people switch to riding because they want to have a, an impact on the environment. Probably per, on a per kilometre basis, there's, there's certainly some impact, but it's nowhere near as much as the uh, health benefit is. But there's also some very good literature to show that if people do give up their car altogether, then that is probably the single biggest impact that they can have on reducing their environmental footprint. ready to add your support during our annual Radiothon and be part of community-powered radio. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2021. To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon, community-powered radio. Luciano and Georgia Keats, supported by the Australian Queer Archive, present Queer Ways, retracing Melbourne's queer footprint. Queer Ways is a community art project that maps the queer history of Melbourne, combining our community's stories and voices, past and present, into a permanent, interactive record of being queer in Melbourne. Visit www.queerways.melbourne now to record your story in queer history and explore our city's untold history. Queer Ways, a 3CR supporter. Considering Sydney is such a car-centric city, do you say that these initiatives are predominantly are only for people in the inner suburbs, or do you, as you were saying earlier in the interview, there's other initiatives across you know, regional and other city areas for people because you know, you've not just Sydney, it's Parramatta, it's the outer west, you know, southeast. Are, are there other initiatives for people who wish to choose anything other than the car? Uh, yes, yeah, so Parramatta has just opened up the Parramatta Escarpment Boardwalk. That's been in train for quite some time. Uh, so that's a boardwalk alongside the river where it was a, alongside a very steep cliff that you couldn't really get up easily by bike or on foot. And that now completes a long river ride, and you can walk it as well, that connects right into the heart of Parramatta CBD and also gets you to Parramatta train station and Parramatta wharf for the ferry. So it's a, a missing link that's been quite some time in, in motion, but now that has been completed, you do get a really fantastic ride and walking connection. And in fact, the 
usage that I think there were already 85,000 people use that in its first month of opening. Mm. So it's, it's gone well beyond our initial projections in the business case around how many people would be using that. We didn't think that we would get that until 2036. So it does show that there is very high demand for good quality walking and cycling infrastructure. Western Sydney does have some fairly good existing share paths, uh, say, along the motorways, but certainly we could be doing a lot more to allow people to get the whole door-to-door by public transport, by sorry, by active transport and also connect into public transport better. Can you speak to anything to do with like our working across councils from a kind of like overcoming barriers or challenges? Yeah, absolutely. I think that particularly when it comes to walking and cycling, it's very important that councils and state government agencies work together. And I don't mean simply the transport agency or one arm within transport agencies. The New South Wales State Infrastructure Strategy, which is written by Infrastructure New South Wales, makes a recommendation, I think it's recommendations 50, 51 and 99, where it talks about the fact that the state government needs to work in partnership with councils to deliver the cycling network and integrate that with the green grid. And it needs to think about the health as well as that land use planning. So it's already written into the state government's policies. In terms of the pop-up cycleways that I mentioned, we've been delivering those in partnership with the 10 councils, both in regional New South Wales and in the Greater Sydney area. And the Streets of Shared Spaces program that I mentioned that's being run by the Department of Planning, that's, uh, I think, worked with over 60 councils across regional and Sydney as well. One of the things that we're very proud of is that we established a monthly community of practice with all the councils in New South Wales. And so that's an opportunity where the Transport for New South Wales staff and council staff talk about walking and cycling, whether it's policy or um, new guidance that has come out or how does this whole new movement in place approach work. And I think that that's really important to be able to share that, that best practice with each other, have really good discussions about how we can make those improvements. And I think that's pretty much going to be the best way forward for getting that cooperation and understanding in the long term. We can't do this all in isolation. That's very interesting to note that because here in Victoria, uh, Department of Transport has uh, partnerships, or I guess the most successful one for implementation of active transport infrastructure is with City of Melbourne. And we've done a couple of shows on that. And something that uh, the councils are for want of a better expression here, a bit timid about asking or getting what they want for active transport because we had that, you you probably know this, we had that uh, announcement of 100 kilometres of pop-up infrastructure and we're really not, you know, we haven't seen the delivery of most of it. There seems to be something missing in the mix in Victoria and... I do know of one council that has actively pushed back on doing things for walking and cycling. And it's just, it's a really difficult space to either, I think, either work in or speculate about what's actually going on in Victoria. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think that this is probably going to be the case for councils right across Australia, whether it's in New South Wales or Victoria or Queensland, that the it does require political willpower to want to do this. And we um, will always see backlash of some sort when 
a new project goes in and there will be people who feel disenfranchised or that this, this particular cycle way, often people feel aspirational and think, yeah, yeah, I'd love to get on a bike or I support cycling. But then when it does go outside the front of their house and it impacts the parking outside or it impacts their shop and their loading zones, then they do get upset. And that's one of the things that, that's important to try and look at when you're doing an evaluation of the success of that project is to look at, well, is it achieving other outcomes? Like, is it encouraging more people to walk? Is it increasing the diversity of people walking or cycling? So we've been looking at, um, are we getting more women riding bikes or kids uh, or, or ethnic minorities riding bicycles than before? Are we getting more people walking? And then we also ask people, do you feel safer or more comfortable? And 90% of the people on the pop-up cycle have said, yes, I do feel more comfortable riding than I did before. So there is a whole lot of things that you want to be measuring as part of that evaluation that goes beyond just asking people, do you feel upset about losing the parking out the front of your house here? Mm. Um, and so it's, it's a, and that takes political willpower to say, yes, we are willing to take that on the chin because we're trying to achieve other things like we're trying to get real mode shift or we're wanting to increase the diversity of riders and diversity of people walking in this space. We're trying to achieve place outcomes as well. So one of the big surprises for us was Pitt Street in the Sydney CBD, where we've had a huge increase in the number of people able to cross the street. So we've narrowed it down to just one lane of moving traffic and it still has loading zones and a couple of parking spots. But we, we widened it enough that it actually has a wider footpath and it has flowers as well as the, the cycleway. And you see a lot more people just crossing the road at different spots because they feel safer. So I think um, quite often these things can have a lot more benefits than just the sheer number of people riding along it. There, there are a lot of other subtle things that you want to include in the evaluation as you look at that. I think the other advantage of doing things like the pop-up cycleways is that it does, and, and even the Streets as Shared Spaces program that we've been working on, it challenges councils and the state government agencies to think much more differently about what sort of processes and systems do we have in place. Um, let's ask these questions, you know, how do we accelerate this and get things that take eight or nine years and get them down to eight or nine months or, mm. or four or five months? And that can be very, very challenging. Uh, but it also is incredibly rewarding when you can get those things done and you're able to test that one-on-one -on -one with the community. They can, And some people really don't like it before it goes in. They don't like it for the first few weeks. And then after a while, they're like, yeah, you know, this is actually okay. And actually I did get out a bike and I started using it. So I think that there's a lot of advantages to trying that sort of tactical approach. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can take it out. If, if you do all of that, you run your evaluation and it is a disaster, you take it out and you try somewhere else. To enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter.
here in Melbourne. They've uh, put or replaced back some parking spaces, which is a bit, you know, again, being timid, but overwhelmingly people love this pop-up bike lane because it goes out to the um, northeast and it is desperately needed out there. And as you were just saying about, you know, increasing participation for women, you know, we had a ridiculous situation here where a uh, particular talk talkback announcer said uh, they were keeping, or it was a leaked memo from the state government that they were keeping this bike lane because of a ridiculous reason that more women cycled. Now, it just showed that how out of touch and pointless sometimes the criticism is. Criticism is good because it makes you do things better. But when it's like that, you can see point blank. And I guess the other thing too is that, you know, money is also a, a good carrot. So, for example, yes. the federal government has been funding uh, for the first time in, I think, since the global financial crisis back in 2008 when uh, Kevin Rudd and Bob Brown did come to an agreement to fund yes. around $40 million worth of cycleways. So there has been quite a bit of economic stimulus funding from the Australian government to fund cycleways in Australia. Mm. Uh, they're usually around 50-50 economic stimulus funding is my understanding. So New South Wales has totaled around $125 million in total and I think Western Australia has also received around $100 million. I'm not sure about Victoria. But the advantage of that too is that they're saying, well, this is a use it or lose it. So you have two years, it's economic stimulus funding and you just have to get in there and build these cycleways. And there's, uh, that can also really help with the political will because it's like, well, what, you want to turn this money away or are we just going to get on and get the project done? So that can also be helpful with their political willpower. But at the end of the day, I think it is really important to engage with um, the politicians in particularly at council level, but also at the state MPs um, to have that discussion and say, look, the community does really support this. And yes, you are going to hear from a few people who are upset and you need to balance that against all the other things that we're trying to achieve with this project. And I think that's important to think through that evaluation. How are we going to measure success? Try and agree that upfront before the cycleway goes in mm. and then report on that transparently and openly to say, well, success would be if we had a 10% increase in the women cycling or we had a 15% increase in the overall numbers of people riding. Uh, if we did intercept surveys that people feel safer or traffic has slowed. So along all of the pop-up cycleways in, in Sydney, New South Wales, we've put 40 kilometres along those roads where there is a pop-up cycleway to make sure that they're safe. So all of those things you can use to evaluate whether or not it's been a successful project. There are a few websites out there like Space for Health, which was set up by a volunteer group where they have created, I think they've worked with around about 100, probably more actually, academics in public health and education um, and environment and so on, where they created a push to state governments right around and local governments right around Australia to say we need to create more space during COVID and beyond. Uh, so that may be an opportunity for people to look that up, see if there's any further follow-up that they could do in the future. So that's, I think that's spaceforhealth.org off the top yes. of my head, but we can double check that one.
And anything else you would like to say about um, anyone who's involved in this space or public? How can they support either local government or state government? I know that's fairly nebulous, but just trying to think. No, I think, um, yeah, I think one of the important things is that we often turn to other people in cycling to try and get that support. But I think when you look at where there's been very successful campaigns, for example, in London, is where they've actually thought much more broadly about who, who our allies are in the cycling world or in the walking world and might turn to disability groups or um, to business chamber of commerce, um, looking well beyond the usual horizons to build the allies in other areas to say, well, this project here or this approach is going to benefit a whole range of people in the community. It might be schools, um, it could be in all sorts of different subject matter areas and build the alliances from there because I think that's much more convincing to our politicians than, than only hearing from the cycling groups. And that's all I've got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Thank you to Sarah Stace for making time for the interview. Don't forget that uh, public access to Old Heidelberg Road at yoursayyarra.com.au. Feedback on that closes this weekend, uh, Sunday the uh, 13th of June, and I'll put some more details into the podcast. And next week is our Radiothon show. So uh, we've got our own little fundraiser at givenow.com.au. We're going to have an hour-long show. Um, over 400 volunteers bring you community-powered radio every week, so make your radio a force for change and donate to 3CR and keep us on air. Up next is Shebop, followed by Black Block. I can put your name on the guest list If you're lucky, yeah, I'll say I'll give you all I got But I never come around when it's still sunny I'm tying up my laces Kiss your pretty face and I'll be on my way Putting on my shades and give you another wave Bye-bye, it's getting late CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.